Each week, we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host and co-author, Matthew Dressing. Hello, Joanne. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right. So hello, everyone. We are here to chat about mulch today, a popular and sometimes controversial topic in the garden. Do you mulch your garden? What's your favorite type? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our Down the Garden Path Facebook group and let us know your mulch questions or comments. Or you can write us at Down the Garden Path Podcast at hotmail.com. So, Matt, controversial sometimes yes. with some of my contractors and some of my clients. The controversy exists. It does to mulch or not to mulch. That's uh, right. That is the question. And I think we've both talked about mulch on previous episodes where you and I are fans of mulch, mm -hmm. um, but but there are different types of mulch. And so I think we both agree there's better choices than others mm -hmm. uh, in, in the world of mulch. So we're going to navigate some of those choices uh, today for you and talk about mulch. So do you, you obviously mulch a lot of our portion, portions of your garden. What's your, how's it the mulch in your garden? You know what, I've been switching to, um, because my garden's fairly established now, and, and pretty much you don't see the, the soil, like, the, or the ground much, you know, you were there recently, you know how it, it's really covered, so yeah. I've been repurposing my leaves in the fall, especially behind my hedges, I have been, um, you know, utilizing, like, a, a leaf, uh, kind of leaf litter, leaf, not litter, like leaf, um, yeah, the, the word litter is so almost derogatory. Yeah, now, yeah, mulch, right? Yes. It's so useful. <laughs> That's right. So, um, yeah, so I've been mulching my leaves, or I should say my husband's been mulching my leaves, and we've been using that in certain gardens. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And as our listeners know, I am a balcony gardener and I have lots of different containers and pots and window boxes. But even this year, uh, I've been using mulch in my planters and I found that it is really, um, I've done it a little bit in the past, but this year I really kind of committed to it. And uh, it really does help in the early uh, days of spring and early days of summer as my plants are growing and filling in because mm -hmm. I grow mainly annuals and vegetables. So they're not as filled in as yours, your right. perennials and shrubs. So, but I find that it they really helped. The mulch really helped me. Uh, reduce my watering um, mm. so I can go quite a while and again being on a balcony I have to be concerned of the people below me so I can't just water for the sake of watering and make sure everything gets a nice good soak uh, so mulch has been a great uh, addition to my garden my balcony garden this year for sure oh, okay good idea so let's talk about what is mulch what is mulch? Uh, you know what, when I answered the question in my garden center days, um, and, and even my clients today, you know, what is mulch? What can I use as mulch? Mulch really is any substance uh, that is put down in layers on the surface of your garden. It's going to protect the soil's moisture uh, from 
basically being taken away from the wind uh, and the sun, but as well as protect that soil structure that's under the mulch as well. We don't want it to degrade and become uh, dust and erode away. So it's any layer. We usually put it down to two to three inches thick, recommended, uh, prevents that moisture from escaping, the degradation of the good soil structure we have, but also, and I think mainly a lot of people use it to prevent those weeds uh, mm -hmm. from growing and really establishing into those gardens. And that's not to say that we can't get weeds in mulch. Uh, a number of my clients have mulch in their gardens, and I still do have to pick the odd weed uh, mm -hmm. here and there. But those are our three main uses But for our mulch. But what is mulch? It can be anything. It can be, like you said, a leaf litter. On my balcony, I'm using a composted pine mulch, one of our favorites from uh, one of our local landscape suppliers. Uh, but it could also be a stone or... Uh, in a compost or just a yes, yeah. soil. And they so, all, they vary as far as how we, what we would agree with, right? So if you Googled, right. you know, what you should mulch with, like I did a quick Google uh, search before this and we were kind of like a little flabbergasted because it was like um, compost uh, straw, which most people tend to use um, in let's say vegetable gardens because it's not the most attractive, but I'm sure there might be people that like maybe in the country and rural properties that use, they've got lots of straw, so they'll use straw to mulch their beds. Um, rubber mulch, which I've had, a, I've shown up at a couple clients' houses and I've been like, oh my God, we have to take that out. So rubber mulch, um, uh, bark, uh, shredded bark, shredded um, chunks. So there's bark that's shredded and sometimes there are kind of chunks of bark, right? So mulch looks different uh, for different people. For sure. Um, what I do want to say what mulch isn't is a fashion accessory. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, you know, you it is functional. It has a function. You mentioned some of them, right? Um, weed, somewhat weed suppression, uh, moisture retention. And also we want it to break down and improve the soil. But I want people to look at my garden. I don't want them to say, like, I don't want people saying, oh, look at her mulch. <laughs> right? Right. So I feel like sometimes with the uh, the dyed, we'll get into it when we talk more about it, but the dyed mulches that people are like so caught up in the color that they're forgetting that it, it it's nobody's meant to really look at it. It's not a fashion accessory. It's not the highlight of your garden. No, in it, my opinion, I'm sure there might be some people out there that disagree with me. And if you do, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it. I agree with you. It, it is primarily it has a function, right? We're suppressing the weeds, we're protecting the soil and its moisture and its structure, and we're feeding the soil as well. And ultimately, we want our gardens to grow in those those plants to mature so that they are touching each other or just touching each other. Or again, depending on garden style, right? If you're very English garden or meadow garden, these plants are going to grow right in together. Um, mm -hmm. So you don't want your mulch. Your mulch isn't, like you said, a fashion accessory. It might be an aesthetic thing while your plants are growing in and you have some visible spaces. You want it to look like soil, but you need a mulch. Um, but yeah, it shouldn't be like a rose surrounded by red mulch. Um, yes. And again, to each his own. That's not my thing. Red mulch is probably my least favorite mulch, period. Mm -hmm. uh, you agree with that, too. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, definitely. So we have more of a functional thing. I think I think it has an aesthetic, an aesthetic thing. But again, it's a very 
like it's a timely thing and it's a very short-lived aesthetic thing if it goes goes for aesthetics as well those plants fill in and like you had mentioned too like i had visited your garden your garden has so many nice mature sedums and ground covers and mm-hmm. other low growing mounding perennials one of the types of mulch and I, we talked about it with uh, kathy jens mm-hmm. uh, right with ground cover revolution is and that's a whole episode if you haven't listened to that episode everyone tune into that one uh, on all the major podcast providers, but becoming basically a green mulch. Right. So I remember just, you know, when you were showing me your garden, yeah, you had that beautiful in like the hell strip area, beautiful sedums and junipers, and even your echinaceas were starting to border in and, and mix with some around the, on the edge of the corner. But you don't even need mulch there because the plants are protecting their soil mm-hmm. and holding in their own moisture and reducing your weeding. So green mulch, could be a thing there too but you don't need the other mulch right and yeah. and that was really functional for me because there is quite a bit like because I garden right to the curb um mm. I don't have a sidewalk on my corner so I garden right to the curb so a everything there had to be salt tolerant but also there's a bit of a slope which I know because when I and I was reminded of it this week because I've been watering a little bit because they've been calling for rain, but it hasn't really showed up. So, and I, I leave a hose on for a few minutes and I turn around and I come back and it's already on the street. I'm like, how, you know, so there really is a bit of a gray change. And so I didn't like, I didn't want to put mulch on and have it just wash, wash away, like in a hard rain or after winter and stuff. So I really tried to like heavily plant those, you know, to, to cover the soil for, you know, like, as a green mulch, you know, to prevent weeds and, and things like that, but also for retention uh, on that, uh, on that, it's a slight slope. Like I'm not saying it's a hill, but it's enough that water definitely once I, you know, if I start put a hose three feet from the curb in no time, that water's on the road, like it, it, it does run off. So, yeah. um, so which mulch would do too, right. If, if I had it there. So, so yeah, so there's a, there's a few different functions and I mentioned a few types of mulch, um, yeah. We do have some people do like river rock or pea gravel as a mulch, um, you know, pros and cons to that. Yeah. Um, and again, anything can be a mulch. Um, right. right? It's, and it's that thickness. But definitely some of the cons that a lot of people I don't think think of is, you know, that stone, especially when exposed to sun, is absorbing that heat and transmitting it into mm-hmm. the ground. So you might have some plants that don't really like that hot roots or or the garden starts to become warmer than the plants really like to tolerate so you, you can get into some performance issues but even if you use it as for example a mulch you know on the corner or down the side of a house or in a, just a troublesome area some of that debris the blowing dust the leaves seeds are all going to get in there they're going to compost and you will end up picking up some of those weeds or little mm. things coming out of that so it can also be a con that way for sure. And I feel, um, you know, regular mulch or the mulch that we want to talk about that feeds our garden breaks down. And obviously the rocks don't. And yeah. so if you ever want to improve the soil, like heat is a certainly a big factor just to jump back to that, especially because when I think of people that do it around the base of their like large evergreens, you know, where nothing grows like the big blue spruces. I mean, I get that. I get I understand why they're doing it, because nobody likes to look under there and it's hard to get anything to grow. But yet that is really hot for the base of those, mm-hmm. um, those plants. And when you think about them, like evergreens in nature, 
they've got leaf and mulch and and plant degree and it's all uh, debris under them all organic materials not and maybe there's like a rock or two but you know it's certainly the the forest beds aren't covered with uh yeah, you like know, six river, inches river of rock. river stone, or yes. yeah. yeah, maybe maybe far northern Ontario, you've you had some rocks and things, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, I think it just always goes back to remembering the purpose of mulch, right. and that it is to, you know, conserve water, feed the plants, break down. Because I know some people say I hate using mulch because you have to keep putting it on every year. Well, you shouldn't have to do it every year if you do a good coating, maybe every mm -hmm. other year. But that's the point, right? Is that where did it go? It didn't run off like my garden, my garden would have. It it broke down and it's and those nutrients and that decaying matter is feeding your soil, which is a good thing. That's right. Yeah, you're feeding all of those microorganisms that are working to control pathogens, to add nutrients to your plants, to feed them easier, uh, rebuild the structure. If you've got a clay or a very sandy, silty soil, they're going to be releasing things as they eat to rebuild that. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's a lot of benefits there for sure. That's what if right. we talked about some other types of mulches? Uh, mm -hmm. So we were touching on a little bit of, we talked about our green mulch. So basically using a grouping of plants to grow together to protect the soil so you can't really see it. And that's a whole other design episode we could talk about there on how to do that. We talked about stone, so some of the cons of stone. And it, I think of removing it too, if you ever want to change it. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Where are you going to yeah, put it? Yeah, my favorite thing to clients is to that it goes down by the bag or by the wheelbarrow, but it comes up one by one, right? I love River that Rock. saying. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, that's something to, to really keep in mind for sure. That's right. And then we were talking about some of the bark mulches. So mm -hmm. the bark mulches are literally what it sounds like. It's bark of different species of trees that are broken or shredded or ch chipped or ground down to certain sizes uh, and then applied to the garden. And, you know, there are some hardwood ones and softwood ones that break down at different rates. Uh, but the most common ones we're going to see are things like our pine mulch and our cedar mulch is probably the two most common ones that we're going to see. So, you know, the bigger chunks of pine bark nuggets, as you might see them in the garden center, large, very thick, chunky pieces of wood. They remember if you think of you back when you're a kid and you're out in the woods and you see the pieces on the pine bark, especially again, going up, uh, I think of my cottage uh, or our family cottage up in uh, the Muskokas, you know, there's those chunks that are naturally exfoliating. And as a kid, you want to go peel them off. And that's what's in the bag are those mm -hmm. chunks of, of bark. Or you can get some smaller chunks of bark. They are going to take a while to break down and they give you that, that wood. But to break down, again, we have our cedar mulch. We have our very fine shredded cedar mulch, which will break down very quickly. Or we can get our dyed cedar mulches uh, in the bag. So they come with chunks of the cedar bark. You may even find chunks of other material in them too, depending on the supplier or the source. Mm -hmm. uh, and then again, we want to do, there's pros and cons there too, right? I mean, they might smell nice. They might look nice. Uh, again, it comes down to kind of an aesthetic thing, but when we get the bigger chunks like our uh, pine or our bigger chunks of our cedar mulch, they can cause a nitrogen draft in our soils as well, right? It takes a lot of nitrogen for, to be absorbed by those microorganisms to break them down. And that can cause some issues with the 
surrounding plants as well. Uh, mm -hmm. But the other issue is dyed mulches. Mm -hmm. A lot of these, both of these are dyed. So um, yeah, you don't like the dyed mulches at all. I, I really, yeah, I really don't. And I, and I feel like that's where I said about a fashion accessory, because I think people get, you know, I think, I mean, there's yeah. for sure the people, um, the red that love the red and, and they'll say to them, why do you like the red? And, and we, they say, you know, well, it looks so nice and everybody admires the mulch. And that's where I go back to like, well, they should be admiring the fortune and plants that you just spent yeah. and planted as opposed <laughs> to your mulch. Right. Um, but also, I also feel that black, there's been a big trend with the black. Oh, it looks fresh. It looks clean. It looks like soil. Um, but it can be like it does stain. It stains, you know, your hands when you're putting it on. It stains your hardscaping if you've got like stone walls or or um, your walkways and things like that. So it can be a bit of a nuisance. And again, I guess I go back to it's a function of breaking down and new adding nutrients to our gardens and what's in those dyes and we know we've done some research and spoken to some people that the type of wood that actually absorbs those dyes tends to be like kind of like not necessarily the most nutritious mulches right and i'm not saying that for every brand but if you think about it uh and and this is also where price I'm I'm not saying spend a fortune on your mulch, but if the price is really cheap, then I think you really need to to cons you know you get what you pay for. Yeah, so just and say. yeah, you get what you pay for, and I think the best way to avoid having introducing problems into your into your garden because it's so hard to fix them after you've you know you've done that. So I think going for the the brand you know the clearance brand and and a brand you may never have heard of or you know sometimes they're in white bags and you can't really see what's inside mm -hmm. uh, you know I think you should be able to see it and you should be able to hopefully there's a place where there's a sample of them or an open bag or something that so you can really see the consistency and see the color but I really do prefer a natural mulch. Uh, my composted pine is my favorite. Um, I just think we need to get away from those uh, dyed mulches. I just don't see the need and, and um, you know, and what's in the dye and what's, and yeah. they tend to fade faster too, right? So that black doesn't stay. It turns to gray quick. Right. Where, right. So, and then the red turns to this, oh my gosh, don't even get me started. But anyway. Yeah, this weird like orangey white faded yeah. business yes I agree with you like your favorite is the composted pine I love the composted hemlock mm. um and again kind of going back almost to the dye but an, almost kind of to an aesthetics part for me because I'm on a balcony I'm close up I'm going to see my large you know 25 gallon nursery container with tomatoes and other few little things in there I'm going to see the mulch for a bit but I love the uh, the rich tannins that are in the hemlock naturally, right? And then the hemlock comes with a beautiful smell. So it, as it is heated or moistened, I'm getting a little bit of that. But again, that's all very natural. The hemlock comes with that color. The pine comes with that color. I don't have to worry about any dyes getting into my food or my soil or, mm. right? There's some natural tannin leak, um, but I don't have to worry about any of that. Am I eating the dyes and what dye did they put on there and what was in the dye and now it's in my tomato container or mm. so yeah, yeah certainly when you get around food right well, but then I even think food. about like even if it's not food it's on your gloves or on your yeah. hands and then it's you know so I just feel like it's it's unnecessary and I know mm -hmm. many mm -hmm. of the products say it's a natural dye and that kind of thing but 
You know, uh, you can't tell me that that red is a natural dye. Um, what are you, what's your opinion? Because I also have found a bit of an issue. You know, people will say, um, oh, my neighbor just cut down a tree. So I used all of the the mulch when they mulched the, the stump. And I put that on my garden, you know, when it's like super fresh, like, is that a good idea? Shouldn't there be like a bit of an aged thing to it? You could still put it down because it, but it is still very green. So it'll dry mm -hmm. out and it'll change its color and become the wooded mulch. So, I mean, again, you'll, you're not going to get the same color as it shredded because it'll lose a little bit of it. Um, as it dries out, it might become a little lighter um, or darker depending on what it is. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, is it, how thick did you put it down? Was there a disease issue with the tree? Are you spreading it in there? Has it been sprayed with something now that the woods got it absorbed? That kind of thing. And then depending on if this is like a hardwood tree or a softwood tree, how long are you going to have it? We used to use it at the nursery. Um, after the winter storms would come, the city would come by and say, you know, we have nowhere to put this mulch. Our areas are filled do you want to take any of it? And and we liked it, but I found that it was very, very rough. It was a very raw, chunky. Yes, mulch. raw is a perfect example. Yeah, it's raw. Yeah. And I feel like it's start. So no, it's not dyed, but it is a starkness to it. Yes, there's a starkness to it. It's shredded. It's slivery. Um, again, it's you've got big chunks of uncomposted wood. So now you're causing that nitrogen draft. Mm. you're yeah so it is a look it's a thing it's it's not going to come in and kill it unless again there's you know a disease or a pesticide right. or something in there it's a source of something um yeah and again if you've just got little spots or a trouble spot or a hill it might again have its use but yeah. ultimately it's going to take some time for you know that forest quote-unquote forest kind of issue to you know the soil to break it down and get the function out of yeah. that mulch, which is ultimately we wanted to feed the soil and our plants. Right, right. right. So yeah, so I feel like it's going to be a long time before that gets to feed, feeding them. Right. But right. I do appreciate that people who might have more property and more rural and have right. taken down, you know, they they they've taken down some trees and they need to do something with it. And yes, it makes sense to to um, to use it in the garden in that way. Definitely. Uh, de definitely. So. Yeah. Um, I understand there's a time and a place, but I, I think looking for a good source of, of uh, a quality mulch is, is really worth the time and the effort and maybe a little bit of an expense. You know, the, the big, big bags are, uh, you know, that the driveway bags, you know, that get delivered. There's uh, several companies because and I think weed free is key. Yeah. Um, shout, shout out to pick a mix. Um, they're not a sponsor and I don't get a kickback or anything, but I do love, uh, their product and, uh, I've had great success with it and it comes in the big, large bags. Uh, you know, they've got a great little calculator on their website. Uh, so yeah, so shout out to them, but, you know, many of the, I'm sure there's companies that are near you as well that can get bulk orders of mulch. And um, often you can go, you know, check it out or get a, get a small bag to kind of verify that you like it. Uh, and I think when it comes to what's available and in, in already bagged in, in, in big box stores, just be buyers beware. That's all. Like have a good look at it. Uh, read what's in it. Yeah. Make sure you know what, what you're buying, right? Like do mm -hmm. your homework first because not everything is is created equal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it, yeah. Like you said earlier, right. You do get what you pay for. 
right. uh, and and you'll be paying for it twice because you'll be in your time to get you know new mulch to replace yes. it to pick it up in the frustration of it all uh, as well. One of the mulches too, just as we're thinking about bark mulches, we don't. I don't think we see it as often anymore here. But the cocoa mulch. So if you're listening and you can still get cocoa mm. mulch, yeah, um, you know it's the cocoa hulls from the cocoa beans. Um, I used to use that as well um, for things. Again, just on my balcony on my one big planter, I always be able to get a broken bag from work or something and put it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but, but we have to remember that it does get that, um, and I'm, t- it's totally blanking on the name, but it does have that chocolate compound in it. So if you do have dogs, for example, mm-hmm. they might investigate it and start eating it, uh, cause they're upset tummy or it smells good to them. And, mm-hmm. uh, you can get toxic to your dogs as well. Speaking of toxic as well, when we talked about straw, again, usually used for veggie gardens or large areas or rural gardens because it's plentiful, watch out for your grass clippings. They're often very clean, but again, if we're using herbicides or pesticides or we have some uh, grass issues or you know fungal diseases in the grass uh, or other toxic material or with the grass, if we put it back into our beds, a, it might break down and release those toxic herbicides into amongst our plants, but it also could be, again, we have a disease issue. We're trying to eliminate from our lawn or unbeknownst to our lawn, and it's a house for that. But those spores can take shelter in the garden and move out back into your lawn. So remember, same thing with our leaf litter, using clean leaf litter so that our powdery mildews or our rusts mm. or other issues yeah. don't find a harbor, safe harbor, and then escape during the, the moist times of the year. So just be careful of your leaf and grass litter for you know pests and diseases, but also herbicides to leach down as well. Yeah. Right. And, and things for your vegetable garden, you know, sometimes they mm-hmm. are a little bit, you have to be very careful. I think that's where, you know, things like straw or, um, you know, a, a definitely a natural product uh, like the composted pine, uh, that type of thing. Cause, cause it's, again, you're feeding your food, right? Right. You're going to eat that. Right. Well, I always think back to um, the whole hormones in the cattle kind of or in your meat, right? Yes sprayed it on this and then the cattle eat the grass and then we eat the cattle. Um, Sorry if you're not a meat eater, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, that transmits down through the food chain and you're Mm -hmm. part of the food chain. So just beware. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So how do we use the mulch? We talked about how do we use the mulch just very quickly off the top, right? We want that usually that one to three inches Mm -hmm. is what is the kind of a landscape standard for, protecting the soil. You can use as little as an inch just to kind of deflect uh, any of that sun and wind from drying out. Again, where we want to go for something natural or a little bit more composted uh, so we can feed that soil. And uh, if we do get into a little bit thicker mulch, we can also help prevent, but not completely eliminate the weeds that would appear in our garden. Even as we get a three inch layer uh, I, my clients have a three inch layer and I still get seeds landing on it, blowing in the wind or that they've tracked in, you know, they're tucked in a quarter of an inch and they have the conditions to grow. So again, not completely preventing, but uh, it does yes. help resist for sure. Yeah. One of the yeah. things. Oh, well, we were talking about when we say about how to use it is one of the popular 
uh, also debates as, as the mulch or not to mulch and the kind of mulch to do. But also, I think that's where uh, something called landscape fabric also appears in the conversation. And I battle my contractors. Uh, I've won with most of them, except for one um, <laughs> who, who really still likes using it. So like you were saying, so, you know, so many people say, oh, well, we do the garden, we do the planting, and then we lay the fabrics because you need to have the fabric on it. So then you put the mulch on the fabric. Well, one, like you said, the weed seeds still come from above. So the fabric isn't really preventing the weeds. Yeah. If you are covering, let's say, a very aggressive weed, like let's say gout weed, um, think of another really aggressive one, bindweed, you know, it grows right through it. So it doesn't yeah. stop, you know, the really aggressive ones from below. But if we also go back to the whole reason for doing mulch in the sense that it's going to break down, it's going to feed our soil. Well, now it's not doing that because this, the the fabric's acting as a barrier between the two. That's right. Yeah, we've got the fabric preventing a, a good portion of the nutrients to get in there. We also don't have the uh, contact between the microorganisms in the soil and the mulch to release the nutrients. So whatever was there goes through and or washes away because our landscape fabrics and geotextiles, they're really just glorified plastic mesh. Um, if we're being honest, right? Mm -hmm. They, there are those, you know, the five year and the 20 year and how long they'll take to break down. But again, they're, they're not that material that we want to really be breaking down and releasing into. They're not an organic fabric, like a, a you know, a burlap or something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah. They just, they really cause more issues than, and if you wanted to go plant something. Yes. Or something died and you need to dig it up. Like everybody, you know, cuts. And I did yeah. it. Like when I first started, I, our first garden that I rototilled and then I covered with fabric and cut the little X's and planted my plants in it. I've been there. I've done it. And I can tell you, it's just, it's just a, a pain mm -hmm. and, um, and it doesn't solve the issues that mulch is is used for you know one is weed suppression and and um, benefiting feeding your soil so I think look at but look at it that way yeah um, even when you do you know we talked about river rock using river rock as a mulch so that's common people say well I put fabric down and then I put the river rock on top well it doesn't matter what's the fabric doing because the weeds still come to the river rock you know the weed seeds come in between the rocks and you're still having to weed them out so really what did the uh, you know, maybe it prevented them from sinking a little bit lower, that type of thing in, in some cases. But for the most part, uh, I just feel, you know, and I, and if you disagree with us and you know how to reach us to uh, to tell us your stories, we'd love to hear from you. Um, but I feel like it's just one of those things that was invented to take our money, but it really doesn't, you know, benefit uh, you as a gardener or your landscape. Um, it really will become a nuisance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, created to to solve a problem that actually just kind of almost makes a few more problems yeah. for us in the end, for sure, for sure. So I think that uh, reaches the end of our, yeah, our we discussion. That's right, and we're really looking forward to like we're hearing from you. Um, so yeah, uh, so that is our deep dive into mulch. Uh, we. We love it. We think it's very important. <laughs> and we hope we taught you a few things about the different types of mulch today on the show. That's right. So thank you for joining us here. This episode of Down the Garden Path, all about 
putting or adding and using mulch in the garden. I'm Matthew Dressing here with my co-host and co-author, Joanne Shaw. Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path, bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research and from the wonderful guests that join us here on the show. That's right. And don't forget, you can spend time with us down the garden path. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Down the Garden Path Podcast. You can also find us on your favorite podcast provider. And while you're there, please hit the su- subscribe button. Ooh, hard word. Subscribe <laughs> button to be notified of new content. And please don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment or a review. We would love that. And we love hearing from our listeners. You can always write us at Down the Garden Path Podcast at hotmail.com. Or via our websites, you can find Joanne, me, at downtoearth.ca and Matt at www.naturalaffinity.ca. Tune in next episode as we talk all September in the garden, as we look at the do's and don'ts for the month of September. Thanks again for joining us this episode of the Garden Path.